Welcome to another Be Your Own Loud podcast. I'm your host, Matt Halloran. Today's guest is Eric Allen. Check him out on Instagram. Check him out online. Check his MMA show out and check out the Eric Allen show. And of course, the links are in our show notes. But I wanted to bring Eric on because he brings two things together that are fascinating and important. Number one, that he talks about how important it is for you to truly understand who you are and accept that so that you can rise above the noise and be your own loud. But the second thing he talks about is being an MMA fighter and being an entrepreneur are absolutely similar because both of you get punched in the face all the time and you know it when you show up to work every day. Eric, welcome to the show. Be your own loud. and welcome to another Be Your Own Loud live stream. I want to thank all of the people who are watching us all over our different sorts of places. We're on Twitch, LinkedIn, Facebook, YouTube, a couple other places. Hi, everybody. Thanks for joining us. I have a wonderful guest today. Now, remember, the foundation of the show is very, very simple. That ends up being wildly complex. And that's our goal here at Proudmouth is to help you figure out who you are so that you can rise above the noise and be your own loud. And I had the opportunity to meet Eric through a friend of ours, um, and I read all of his stuff, and I started listening to his Eric Allen show, and I'm I'm an MMA fan, so I started listening to his MMA podcast, and there's just something about him that made me think that he did that, like that he had that gear switch or that light switch that happened, and all of a sudden, he's like, look, I'm tired of trying to be everybody else. I'm going to be me, and let's see what happens. And so our guest today is Eric Allen. Eric, welcome to the show, brother. Thank you so much, man. Truly an honor to be here, man. I really appreciate it. Well, so let's go there, right? Right out of the yeah. gate, man. What is your story? How did you get to where you are today? You know, I think I, I grew up in that broken home. My parents were divorced when I was 11. My mom immediately got together with a guy with a guy who was very physically abusive. I ended up having to fight him when I was 13 years old, beat his head in with a cast iron pan, it, lots of blood. And then I was kicked out of my mom's house, basically three months left of my freshman year of college, or high school. And that set me on this path of destruction for the next 10 years. So got addicted to drugs, anything that hallucinogens, you know, acid, mushroom, pot, everything, doing that in high school. Caught up to me when I was 18 years old. I got arrested for having a bong. And two weeks after I graduated high school, I woke up to a note on my bathroom mirror from my dad that said, you can't comply with house rules. You have 48 hours to get out. So between 18 and 21, I moved 21 times, basically living off of credit cards. And that caught up to me. By the time I'm 21, I'm $28,000 in debt and had to file bankruptcy. And then continue to move to Seattle with $100 in my pocket to get into the music business. I don't know how to play anything, but I went up there to try to see what I could do. And so I went up there and ended up landing a job with Universal Records and spent a year in the music business with those guys and lived this rock star lifestyle without being a rock star. And so it was going to a two-year span, went about 175 concerts, pretty crazy. And then my one-year anniversary got laid off during the Napster days back in then, if if people remember that. So totally killed the music industry. And then in 2004, I was working at Starbucks, depressed, and didn't have any idea what I wanted to do with my life. I'd get off work, go get my six-pack of beer, go to my ghetto apartment, drink myself to sleep every night. And this girl walked in and said, Hey, we've got this cool college aid event. Would you be interested in going? And I said, yeah, sure. You know, I'm depressed and I didn't have any friends and she's really good looking. Absolutely. What time do I need to be there? Right. So I got down there and I think it was God putting a seed in my life at that moment, because there's all these guys that I knew that I hadn't seen in five, six, seven years. And it was like, dude, I haven't seen you forever. And a month later is Easter, 2004, managing a band. We went out and played a concert. 
woke up Easter morning surrounded by probably 15 of my buddies in my buddy's basement. And I felt God in that moment say, man, you're done. And I, I decided that in that moment, I was gave my life to Christ and I quit cold turkey, drugs, drinking cigarettes, everything in that moment. And called that girl up who got, uh, got her, you know, who invited me to that church event, got her voicemail, said, hey, happy Easter. Maybe I'll see you at the Starbucks sometime. And now we've been married for almost 17 years. <laughs> <laughs> so rock bottom yes. more than once. Multiple times. When you're there, people always say, well, there's only one way to go, which is up, but you don't feel no. that, right? Yeah, not at all. I mean, for me, it was it was definitely like, okay, this is the life that I've been given and I'm just going to live this out until I die. And I, I like thought that my life would never make it to 40. I, I just I always thought like, hey, this is the life I'm going to live. I'm going to live this rock star life, live this addiction, live the cycles that were passed down to me and, and never wanted to get out of it. Because of the relationship that you have with this magnificent yeah. person, and because of 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 the the sequence of unfortunate, which have now become eye opening fortunate events in your life, you made a transition. So that took a lot of faith, a lot of courage, a lot of gumption, and well, probably even more with that. Talk about the transition. So now you're married. Napster, Napster, I'm sorry, dude. I can't believe you brought Napster. That's so funny to me because I haven't thought about yeah. Napster in a long time. You made a shift. Let's yeah. talk about the shift. You know, the, the shift for me was I wanted to get away from that lifestyle. I remember there was a moment when I was at the at a concert when I was working for Universal. I was in my early 20s. I saw this girl that was in her early 30s, not old at all. But in that moment, she was old to me. And I saw her and I go, I don't want to be her age and still doing this five nights a week. I want to have a family. And so it was sure. like this this transition or the seed that was planted to me in that moment. When I got married, I said, you know what? I want to provide for my, my wife. I want to eventually bring her home so that she can stay home and raise our kids. And that was my big focus. So the next five, the first five years we were married, we just hung out with each other. We went and we built houses in Mexico and I tried to fix that. So my goal changed. You know, my, my end goal changed. I wanted to be able to provide for my wife in six months after my daughter was born, she was able to come home full time. And so that's where I'm always constantly trying to work and provide for them. And, and I'll always fight for them, whatever I has to go through. I've had some, you know, days where I got laid off when my wife was seven months pregnant with my daughter. And I was like, crap, what am I going to do? And I was working two jobs to try to pay our, our mortgage. I was literally splitting five hours of sleep for six months until I got a regular job. You know, you just got to get, keep pushing. I don't think I've ever asked anybody this on the show, but you just said that you were building houses mm -hmm. in Mexico. And that just made me think, do you think that you have actively had to make amends, not just for people that you impacted during that downward spiral, but also for yourself? I think the, the toughest thing in life is to forgive yourself. I don't think I had to make amends with anybody else, but I had to I had to get right structurally, foundationally. I had to start changing the mindset. So I had to realize that my past and other people's opinions do not affect or define my future. And once I got that in my head, I was like, boom, now I'm on fire. Now I'm going to start changing things. I'm going to start changing the legacy of my family and my kids moving forward. So whatever that is, I just want to give back. Like, I think everybody on earth is called to do a purpose and whatever that is, maybe it's being a plumber, maybe it's being an electrician, or maybe it's podcasting or speaking. But if we can catch on to what that purpose is and start fighting for it on a daily basis, that's where we can start making success and making big steps and making a bigger impact on the world.
I like fighting yeah. for it, right? I think a lot of people, Eric, just think that it's just going to fall in their lap or, or you know, something's just going to happen when they cast it out into the universe. But you're talking about yeah. fighting for it. Let's talk about that fight. Yeah, I mean, a literally, bit. I had to fight for it, right? Like, I had to go into that, that mentality. But I think here's the thing is we all are going to fail. Failure is what makes us stronger. We learn from that. We're all going to have to fight through something. Part of the concept of my two shows is I ask MMA fighters, why do you want to go get punched in the face? And at the same time, <laughs> I ask entrepreneurs that same question, hopefully not physically, but virtually we're getting no's, we're getting rejected, we're failing, we're closing businesses because we give up. But why do we keep fighting for that goal? You're in a spiritual battle, you're in a physical battle sometimes, but you've got this end goal that you want to accomplish and you have to keep fighting for that. You're going to run into resistance. You're going to run into failures. And if you can keep going and have that strong mindset, that knowing that whatever happens, whatever things are thrown your way that are going to slow your, your drive down, you just have to battle through that and keep going. Your MMA podcast is, and you and I were talking, everybody knows that we have a call before yeah. we're ever on the show and just so I can get to know you a little bit. And I, I started watching MMA when you had to buy or rent the, 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 the actual totally. VHS, uh, for all the fighting <laughs> yeah. championship, right. And watching Hoist Gracie fight somebody who was in a totally different sort of thing. And now it's obviously yeah. changed a lot, but it's the idea of getting punched yeah. in the face. These guys you interview, I mean, physically unbelievable stress, mentally unbelievable yeah. stress, and the probability that within you've had guests on who literally turned the wrong way yep. and got caught and lost the fight. Months and months and months of preparation, just a split second, dang, yep. they're out cold. Talk about what they've talked about with you and how do they prepare for that? How do they work through it after they get punched in the jaw and they just get sucker punched and they're out? There is so much diverse answers that I get when I ask that question. Uh, some guys are transitioned or from wrestling to MMA or karate to MMA. And then you've got guys who are like, I literally have a federal offense that I cannot go out and get a real job, but I can go into a cage and get punched in the face. And they know that if they get punched in yeah. the face, they're going to get paid. And then they can put food on the table for their kids. It's that mental idea of it's 99% professional and it's their job. The 1% is where there might be something personal or personal beef with that guy. But 99% of the time, the guy or the gal, because I have girls on my show too that are also fighters, mm -hmm. but they have to go through this stress. And like all of them say, hey, if you're a fighter and you're backstage and you're not nervous or you're not scared, there's something really, really wrong with you. Like they all yeah. go through this mental battle. Like some take it differently. Some get really hyped up in the back and they're like throwing punches or they're in a mosh pit type music going on. And then other guys are like sitting chilled, checking Instagram, check, checking Facebook before they go out. And it really is what I've heard from fighters is the more fights they get into, the calmer they are in the back, right? Okay. We have to talk about that yeah. from a pregame because that's such a huge piece of what we teach in yeah. our podcasting programs here is you have to mentally prepare because this is a show when they're in the, in, when they're in the octagon, the ring, wherever they are, it's still a show, right? It's interesting. So the more fights that they get into, the calmer they are. Why do you think that is, man? I, I think it's a uh, practice over time, right? Even as podcasters, right? We all yeah. suck when we start and you suck for a while, right? <laughs> right. So brother. the more shows yeah. you do, you're just going to get better and better. And it goes for the same with fighting. I've seen lots of fights, guys who make debuts and they're knocked out in 10 seconds. And then you see guys who are going in there mm -hmm. and they're nervous and you can tell they're shaking, but then they go in there and start getting some fights on their belt and they feel more comfortable. And so I think it, it is that, that mentality of like, I know that I'm going in there to either build my record or put food on the table 
or pay for my next training camp, right? And so I have to go in there. That's their mentality going in is they have this end goal, win or lose, they're going in there. They know they're going to get punched. They know they're going to get hurt somehow, hopefully, unless they can knock them out in like five seconds, right? But most of the time they're going in there knowing they're going to get punched and they just accept that if they lost, it was a learning step for them. And then they can keep going and Mm. they go back to the gym and they hit it up again. So they have to be mentally strong to be able to continue even through the wins and the losses. There's such a bravado with the fighters. And I love the the fact that you do an entrepreneurial yeah. show too, because as an entrepreneur, I get punched yeah. in the face all the time. Now, physically, not thankfully, I work remotely. So people aren't saying no right. and punching me in the face. The fact that we keep getting up to the plate over and over again, and we try our best to fail forward, entrepreneurs have the same sort of chest bumping uh, bravado that a lot of fighters do, but a lot of people don't know that. When did that switch in your mind and where did you decide to start doing the Eric Allen show on top of the MMA show? Yeah, I've always been intrigued by entrepreneurship. I was the the kid who had the lawn mowing clients at 10 years old. And I literally had to push the lawnmower one mile uphill. People think I'm joking. I literally had to push it up a, a hill one mile to get to my furthest client. So I was doing that as a young kid. I always got into like network marketing or side hustle and as a kid. What happened was I had my show, the Top MMA show. And then in 2018, I heard a guy online talk and his name was Ed Milet. And I was blown away. And I was oh, like, yeah oh my gosh, this guy is speaking to me. This is my, this is my dude, like my virtual mentor. I'm just going to, I started sponging every show he'd ever put out. I was watching everything and I was taking notes and I'm studying him. And then in 2019 or at the end of 2018, he issued the max out challenge on Instagram to his 1 million followers. You had to submit a one minute story of what drives you for passion. What, why do you want to be successful in life? And I submitted that story and I won the Ed Milet Max Out Challenge. It was him that inspired my Eric Allen show. It used to be called The Bearded Biz. It switched to the Eric Allen show. But it was after I won that challenge, I had a phone call with Ed. We went 30 minutes. I released this episode 12 of my show and it was life changing. You know, it it opened up so many doors. And prior to him, I had Sean Whalen. And so I had some other guys that were on my show that were starting to build that up. But just that opportunity to talk with Ed, I don't know if he'll ever know the impact that that made on me and for my life forever. What did you say in that minute, dude? I said that I want to fight for my family. I want to break the chains of uh, addiction, abuse, rejection that had afflicted my life. And I wanted to pursue the life that my kids and my wife deserve. We both came from that broken family and I'm ready to break those chains. I want to leave a different legacy. And I had to throw in there that my end goal, and people think it's the funniest thing, but I, my end goal on my wall, I have a cartoon of it, but if my neighbors are so, like if I can't pee off my front porch, my neighbors are too close. Like that's my end goal. I literally had to say that, like I want that property, Ed, and that's why I'm fighting for my family. I want to change the legacy. And not just to say I have property, but I want the generations to come to my house and say, man, grandpa was a killer, dude. He went out there and he fought for this property. And that's what I want. I want to leave that different legacy. I ended up with that phone call and it changed my life forever. It's amazing how putting yourself out there and being that vulnerable in a, in an invulnerable environment that usually the sharks are going to yep. eat you alive. They didn't eat you alive and they took you as part of their is it a shark group? What what is a Man, group I, of shark I, called? Uh, shark shark tank. Yeah, I don't know. Colorado's <laughs> lots of sharks. They're hanging out with each other. But yeah. that's awesome, and that's absolutely fantastic. Let's talk a little bit about 
How are you, this might sound like a strange, I've never asked this either. How are you finding guests for your show? Because I want everybody to, oh, first of all, please, dear God, listen oh. to the Eric Allen show. It's Thank unbelievable. You. It's so much fun. It's so insightful. It gets it gets really raw sometimes and you'll sit there like, wow, they're really just kind of putting it all out there. How are you finding people? I get asked this all the time, Eric, where do you find your guests? How are you finding people to be on your show? I find people on my show that I want to be on, that I want to talk to. Right. So I started a podcast cause I simply just wanted to have a conversation with someone. And then I was like, Holy crap, this is so good. I got to push this out so people can get impacted by it. And so I find guests for my show that I follow on YouTube or Instagram or Facebook. Okay. And they're just guys that aren't like, and gals that are just literally world changers. And my whole thing is I want to talk with entrepreneurs, world changers, and success-minded people. And how I book those guests is I literally pull out my cell phone and I do a 30-second video to my to whoever I'm pitching. Ed, what's going on? It's Eric Allen from Coeur d'Alene. I know that you used to have a house out here. You're doing awesome things. I would love to have you on my show. Let's highlight what you got going on. Boom. Thanks. 30-second video. That's it. Don't go over 30 seconds. Instagram Messenger, oh. 99% of my guests have been booked that way. Wow. Instagram Messenger. It's the way to go, man. Huh. And, and, wow. and I, I, when I first started, I would type this text and I would copy and just change the name. And then I realized, dude, this is so yeah. generic. Everybody's doing the same thing. But if I can do a personalized video to catch their attention right away, then they're going to go. And it's not about me. I want to highlight something they've got going on. So I've got to study them a little bit and understand what they've got going on and bring that up in the video and say, man, let me help highlight what you got going on. And then nine out of 10 times they're going to come on my show. My team, for those of you who are watching this, uh, we need to maybe talk about some of those sorts of techniques techniques, and make sure that we're bringing those to our clients now. Okay. Now, now here, here's the other piece that I get asked a lot, which is, how do you do this for a living? It's a great question. So I do offer sponsorship spots on my podcast. I also offer people who reach out to me. And it, it's odd because when I first started podcasting, anybody would reach out and say, hey, can I come on your show? And I'd be like, yeah, no problem. And then I realized that I was doing all the work and I was giving them free marketing and I wasn't doing anything about it. So now what I do is if people reach out to me and they're like, dude, I want to be on your show. Awesome. I've got a wait list of people that I want on my show. If you want to jump the line, I'm going to charge you a fee to jump on the line, to jump the line. So I do charge some people to come on my show. If they reach out to me inbound, I'm going to charge them a fee to take my, take up my time and put out their show. If it's a good fit, if it's just like some weird, crazy show or person that wants to be on my show, I'm not going to do it. But if it's a good fit, that's, yeah. how, that's how I monetize it. Right. So through ads, affiliate links, and through charging people to be on my show. Now, you've got some new stuff coming out. And, and in fact, one of the things that I saw in one of your profiles as I was preparing for the show today was that people can hire you for other stuff, too. Let's let's break this down, yeah. because here's the deal, Eric, because people say to me all the time, Matt, how in God's name can you make money with a podcast? And we, of course, have nine podcast growth tactics, and we take all of our clients through ways to not monetize like you have necessarily by ad space, because most of our clients yeah. are business owners. But they still make money. In fact, I just had a message from a guy who said he made, he had a $500,000 transaction from three wow. of his podcasts, right? It's because of the way that he's utilizing yep. it right now. He does, he's not a professional podcaster. He has a business. How do you make that transition or how are you planning on making that transition from this kick-ass brand that you've created, right? How are you going to continue to monetize that? I think we're going to continue to do ads. I'm not, I, I'm not a big fan of like just 
filling up my podcast with ads, but I like to have one or two in there to highlight businesses. But what I'll do is begin to re- really put my own sales and, and offers into that, right? And so I do that, but I also do voiceover. And so people will hire me to do voiceover over motivational videos. People will hire me to do brand product videos, box openings, reviews, things like that. And typically beard companies, but sometimes it's odd things. Like I had somebody send me a humongous adult-sized bouncy ball that I had to sit on. You know, he said, hey, I'll pay you to do this. All right, cool. They're going to send me the product. They're going to pay me to take a picture, right? So that's what I do is I do voiceover. I do public speaking. I like to be able to get do voiceover and then get into just the 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 mindset of working with other brands. I love working with brands. So if they send me their product, then I'm going to do a video and then send that back to them and 21, 25 plus five-star reviews on the, the deals that I do. And so I love doing it. Yeah. And you got a great voice. This is the, and I I hate this analogy because it's just terrible. It's the out of the box thinking you started podcasting. You realize that you've got a great setup there. You've got a good voice. You know how to communicate and, and really get people auditorially excited or even I'd love to, I got to watch that video. You bounce (laughs) on the ball. dude. That's awesome. I, I love that. And the fact that some of the people who are talking to you look at you and say, dude, I want that guy to rep my product. Right. I know that you know this, but man, beard industry is pretty freaking like lucrative. In fact, we've got a place here in town that takes hops from, from all, cause we, I live in Kalamazoo, Michigan. So one of the largest microbrewing areas in the United States, in fact, we have the number one microbrewery wow. in the world wow. in my hometown, Bell's Brewery. They take the hops and they squeeze the rest of the oil out of it and turn it into beard oil. And they were on Oprah. You just think about that. They, Think about how you can use your voice. Everybody who's listening to this probably has something that they know a halfway decent amount about. And in fact, so to show you how little I know about the world, my team just messaged me. A group of sharks is called a gam, a herd, a frenzy, a school, or a shiver. I'm going to call it a shiver. So when you cast yourself out to the shiver of sharks, just because that sounds really cool, the shiver of sharks, those sharks accepted you into their group. You're finding though, Eric, and it's really neat because you and I are connected with a lot of the same people. I see you on LinkedIn and like you'll like something. I'm like, damn, he beat me to it. Right. Just because we're, we have a lot of overlap. Let's talk a little bit about the network and the support structure that you've been able to build because of your realness. When, when somebody talks to you, they know this is, this is you dude, right? There aren't any false appearances. There aren't any of that sort of stuff. How are you utilizing this wonderful network of, of fellow humans who've given themselves the gift of being themselves to your advantage and to the advantage of getting your voice out. I think there's no other way to to connect with people except to be real, except to tell them your story and to be humbled. Like if you're the smartest guy in the room, get the frick out and to go to a different room, right? So like, I know that I'm not the smartest guy in the room ever. I went to an event in California recently called Prosperity Camp. There was 50 millionaires there for 50 people there. 49 of them were millionaires. I was the one, right? I was the one. Right. So I went to this thing and I just, I probably took 50 pages of notes. Right. So you've got to be real though with them. And I'm the guy who'd like bankrupt jail. I drove a geo Metro for two years because I couldn't afford another car. I literally got pulled over for speeding in my geo Metro. Like I came from the craziness, but if I can be real with folks and just say, man, this is where I came from, but this is what I want. I want to change the legacy of my family. And if I'm surrounding myself with the right folks and the, the people that will su- support me, man, my presence or just my, my ego or not my ego, my, 
I guess my skill set is just going to be lifted up being around in that network. And, you know, you sure. and I, we've had a lot of shared guests. Kelly Cardenas is coming on my show recently. I was on his show, man. One of the coolest guys ever. And and just having yeah. a conversation with him. I met him in person at Prosperity Camp and probably one of the, the greatest dudes ever. Yeah, he just got featured in yeah, Forbes magazine as one of the hottest podcast interviewers out there. You use the word ego, and I love I, it. It fascinates me how people will will pull back yeah. from that very quickly because they don't want to sound self centered. But it is good for your ego. We have to have our own feelings of self worth. But I want to summarize something that you said, or at least what I heard and felt yeah. from what you said, which is, it's not about you. It's about something greater than yourself. And in your situation, it's the greater good, but most importantly, it's your family. If you're watching this and listening to this and you're thinking to yourself, well, this needs to be about me. I am the center of the universe. You're going to fail miserably. And not only are you going to fail miserably, but you're going to try to keep filling this gaping hole in your soul with crap and it's never ever going to be filled but once you realize that if you can live your life in service and try to do better for more people everything starts to change it's that switch that you turn off about being self-centered and other then become other focused how many times have you found that when you have reverted back to just thinking about Eric, that things don't go as they plan. 100% of the time. 100, 100% of the time. <laughs> it, 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 I have to have a bigger goal outside of myself. Yeah, I do need to like grow my personal development and things like that. But the end goal has to be an impact bigger than myself. It can't be about the money. The money will go away. Like yeah. I would rather live on dirt floors, but making an impact than be a billionaire and like hating life right? One of the quotes that I have on my vision wall, I created an entire wall of my office to a vision wall. It says, by doing what you love, you inspire and awaken the hearts of others. And Zig Ziglar said that, man. And that quote I say every day out loud. And man, if I can get up and make someone else get inspired to do their passion, that's a, that's a big thing that I want to do. I want to be able to like fire people up and go, man, you don't have to live that cycle that you've been in your whole life. You can break it and go do whatever you want, whenever you want. Don't let other people's opinions affect you. Keep fighting for your goal. Going back to the MMA fighters, one of the things that I used to love, and this didn't happen in the early shows, right? Because the early shows, they would just show up in the ring and all of a sudden, you know, they'd fight, right? But right. then you came out with all the reality shows and all of the stuff that happened in the pregame. And you just said something that I don't think a lot of people realize the impact of, which is I say this to myself aloud every day. Why do you all think that you've heard this from other wildly successful and fulfilled people that they're consistently saying messages to themselves because what a lot of you are doing is you're doing the exact opposite. Instead of saying positive things, they're going to move you forward. You're reinforcing the negative things in your life because Eric, and you know this better than anybody because you've interviewed a crap ton of fighters. But if those fighters go in and they're not right here, yeah. they're done. Yep. It's absolutely, it's got to be mindset when you go in and they have to be so strong and, and not only mentally, but they have to have the heart to get through that, right? Like they know that they have to get in there and their end goal is right to get that win. They want that championship built. Every fighter I talk on the show wants to be a champion someday. Some of them on my show have turned into champions, which has been an awesome journey to watch yeah. them go from my show yeah. to having that belt around their waist, you know? So it's awesome to see that. But yeah, I mean, it's so important to, to make sure that you're mentally strong before you go into battle, whatever that battle is. 
it's the same thing with entrepreneurs. Yeah. And this is one of the reasons I wanted you on the show so bad is because entrepreneurs feel yes. very lonely, right? I mean, they really, really do. They feel like they are always getting punched in the face. But one thing that they don't do is they don't set the championship right. goal. They're not going to say, how do you get the belt? You can't see I'm doing the whole belt thing around my waist. <laughs> how do you get that belt in your area of expertise as an entrepreneur? How do you do that? What's your advice on that, Eric? How do you help entrepreneurs through your line of questioning and your life experience realize what their championship belt looks like? We all have it in us. We all know what our passion is. And, and we might go through a different couple things throughout our life, but there's one thing in your heart that you know that you're supposed to be doing. And if you can figure that out, and whether that's, once you figure that out, then you're on the right path. And then you've got to figure out how to divert all of the junk that's going to get thrown your way. And you have to be consistently fighting for that goal. For me, 4 a.m., six days a week, I'm waking up. And if I open my eyes, there's win number one. And I jump out of bed and I make my bed. There's two <laughs> wins in 15 seconds. Stack those wins. Mm -hmm. It'll help you set the tone for the day. I come upstairs to the office and you talk about speaking out loud. I literally have a vision wall because my vision's too big for a board. And I have pictures of my family. I have quotes. I have the property that I want. I have a million dollar check on there, right? Like these are the things. And you say, I am statements. Not I will, but I am. I am at this person. I am this. And I read through those quotes on a daily basis and I read through those affirmations. And then I sit down in prayer and I just say, man, these are the things that I'm grateful for and thank you for. And I go through that on a daily basis. It's a non-negotiable. When I'm traveling, I have a photo of my vision board. Like that stuff oh. has to stay with you always. And it has to be staying on your, your goal. And you continue to do that. You're going to hit those goals. Focus. It's focus. Absolutely. It's focus. It's intention. It's repetition. Yep. I, I say this a lot, and you just made me think about it differently, Eric, because I bring up Michael Jordan often. And there's a lot of people who don't realize that you know he was really amazing and that he took shots and practiced every single solitary yeah. day. But that practice, can you guys imagine if you practiced? So if you were a carpenter, let's just go like if you were a carpenter. Yeah. When's the last time you practiced swinging your hammer? When yep. was the last time that you practiced measuring things, that you practiced cutting things, that you practiced building something in order for you to really iron sharpen iron? And I think a lot of us just, we just don't think about this. This is what we do. So therefore we don't need to practice. What do you practice? Mm, that's a, such a great question. I've never been asked that before. One, I practice shutting down everything else except for my goal. And that's part of my morning process okay. is I have to be quiet. Like I have worship music playing, but in that music, that allows me to close my eyes and think, man, this is, this is what I'm going for. This is my end goal. And I, the reason I wake up that early is because my family is sleeping and I know that I'm not going to get interrupted. So I wake up in that time. It's, it's a time for me to just draw close. And I think if I can practice that on a daily basis, practice shutting the, the world out, except for what I'm number one, what I'm focused on and just like building that foundation up. That's what helps set that tone. That's what helped. That's what helps drive me to the end goal. What should I have asked you that I didn't? People need to realize that we all were filled with opportunities. And I don't know what the question is that you would ask, but I think if we can just say like, look, if you're out there and you're watching this, if we just loved people where they're at, the world would be a heck of a lot better place. 
We don't Yay! have to. We don't have to judge people for their mask or no mask, vax or no vax, politician, sexual preference, whatever it is, right? If we just love people where they're at, man, the world would be such a better place. Love people where they're at. Yes. That could be one of the wisest things anybody's ever said on this show, dude. Thanks for that. You guys need to follow Eric on Instagram. The link is up on the screen for those of you who are listening. It is a podcast. We'll make sure that we have those show notes. Eric, what is the best way for people to reach out to you besides uh, Instagram, Instagram? number one, but I think ericalmedia.com is the website. You can check out the bio. You can connect with me on all my social media networks. We're on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, all that fun stuff as well. I love connecting with new people. Shoot me a DM, comment on a post. I respond to every DM and every comment. And if you need somebody to do super freaking awesome voice work, if you really want to bring somebody in as a great speaker, who's going to impact your audience in a way that I personally believe a lot of other speakers don't just because of how Eric approaches things, please make sure that you reach out to him. So Eric, dude, thank you so much for taking time, spending some time with me today and some time. Thank you so much. Such an honor to be here. This is an amazing show. You are making a massive impact on the world just with this show, man. So keep doing what you're doing. I really, truly appreciate that. And if you have not subscribed to the show, make sure you click that subscribe button. And most importantly, if you know somebody who this might impact, to just push them just a little bit harder, a little bit farther so that they might make a change within their life that not only is going to affect them, but affect the world. And finally, love people where they're at, man. Yeah. Don't try to put them where you want them to be. Let them be where they need to be and still give them the love for that. And with that, we'll see you on the other side of the mic very soon. Thank you for listening to Be Your Own Loud, where we reverse engineer success to help you accelerate your influence and break free from the torment of sales. If you haven't done so already, subscribe to our podcast, share with others in your company or profession, follow us on social media. This podcast is brought to you by Proudmouth, the Influence Accelerators. Visit us at Proudmouth.com and join our Influence Accelerator Academy for free to enhance your marketing mindset and know-how.